hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on Rock Metal Podcast, we have Epoch of, and you said it was Chirality? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, because initially I said Sheerality, and then Rich, who is with us today to share more information about this album, Nucleosynthesis, out in July of 2021, said Chirality. So I'm like, okay, good thing I asked. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and if anybody in the comments wants to, you know, I don't know, correct both of us, I guess please do so. And uh, yeah, so Rich is on the show today. We've also got Avila the Believer, my Veeves, my beautiful little lady who's going to be taking some notes for us today. So Rich, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Great to have you on. Now, I mean, sci-fi metal. How could you say no to that? Unless, of course, it sucks, but it doesn't suck. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> quite welcome. Take us through... Yeah. Take us through this record. Even she's excited about the record. I'm excited about the record. Nucleosynthesis. Yeah. Is it a concept album? Is there a story with a protagonist? Mm. Um, kind of. A, there was going to be. So I started out with quite grand plans. I, I had a sort of a like a background story that I was going to write, which um, I sort of had inner imagery for. So each of the songs kind of is is like a chapter in the story, but I haven't got around to writing the actual story yet. So it's it's kind of like a soundtrack that doesn't have a movie or doesn't have like a an actual uh, book about it or something at the moment. Um, but it's I wouldn't say it was a concept album in terms of like uh, lots of ideas. It's more like a lot of pictures that I have in my head that I kind of found. Well, if I can get this out in musical form, that's a great way of being able to actually... So I don't know, can convey how my brain works to other people. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty interesting figuring out how my brain works and <laughs> trying to get that out. So, yeah, and I love sci-fi. I love metal. And there's not actually, as far as I know, anything that's that's kind of like this that's out there. Um, there's a lot of bands that do, you know, sci-fi themed albums, maybe like the the pictures are sci-fi or like the, the song titles or the lyrics are sci-fi. But I've actually gone for... Um, say, take some classic sci-fi soundtracks and, and ideas and like really try and get that in there. So it's not just metal. It's actually it's kind of sci-fi soundscapes with metal stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So many I things. could go on. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, please, please do. Otherwise, I have to start asking questions. And I mean, I know, yeah. I know yeah. that's my job, but I mean, that's the worst part of this job, Rich, is mm. having to come up with a question to ask you. Uh, yeah. But you gave lots of really good information, such as thinking about how my brain works, but it sounds like mm. you think in pictures, and I don't know the proper yeah. name for that, but there is a, a proper name for somebody who thinks visually. So I guess take, mm. take us through that. How do you take thinking in pictures or visually mm. and then turn that into music, which the crazy thing, obviously, about music is we can't see it, we can't touch it, we can't smell it, mm. but we can certainly feel it we can certainly hear it which is a cool thing in itself i don't know what do you yeah. call that kinetic or kinesthetic so yeah take us through that how did you how did you mm. go from pictures to uh headbanging well I, sp- I suppose the thing is because the thing with music is like everyone sort of shares a i don't know like a sort of database of the kind of feelings and the imagery that comes up with music i mean if I played you some horror music, that would kind of conjure up images. I I don't need to tell you exactly what to look at, but the music kind of translates you, sort of puts you into that, that realm. So 
what I was doing is try. I've, I've got an image in, in my head. So say it's a sci-fi. I've I've got like a image of like a desolate planet or something. I see that, and then I try and think like, hmm, if I was watching a movie for that, what would that sound like? Like what what kind of instruments? What kind of you know mu- musical concepts and stuff like that. Um, so part one is is trying to think what are the feelings that I would like and and that side of it, and then actually thinking like. How do I make music that's also going to stir up these feelings in other people? So it's a lot of different kind of small steps. And if people listen to the music and they can they can actually kind of get in their head what I had in my head, then that's sort of the mission complete. Because it's actually managing to, yeah, it's a bit it's crazy, really. It's it, somehow telepathically almost like, you know, bloom it, boom it over and try and get people to realize the same thing that I'm thinking. That almost sounds like alien stuff. Yeah, Telep- good question. I'll have to have a think about that. <laughs> yeah, telepathically communicating with people you don't even know. This sounds like alien yeah. stuff, Rich. That's the plan, yeah. World domination, <laughs> step by step. Step by step, day <laughs> by day. Did, well, you you already into sci-fi stuff. So I was going to ask if, you know, the the... Apparent alien discovery. Oh, hey, sweetie. So Gabe's of Babes, assistant engineer of the Rock Metal Podcast, is going to come take his nice. sister. <laughs> so I can, yeah, so I can get my notes back because she erased all of my notes. So <laughs> I am I am just winging it right now. I hope everybody... That's thank, fine. I'm, I'm winging it too. Sweet. So I hope... Oh, she even changed my Google Calendar over to the Western Sahara side of uh, life. So... <laughs> Thank you, everybody out there, for your patience. And, Rich, thank you so much for yours. It's okay. Now, uh, we were asking questions about sci-fi stuff. Because last year, mm-hmm. the U.S. government said, hey, aliens are real. And people went, who cares? We're in a pandemic. We have other things to worry about. Yeah. Uh, but did that inspire you at all? Did you care? <laughs> uh, I tend, I've tend, i tend to stop listening a lot recently, to be honest. Like, there, there's enough um, other things that you can escape to, especially during the pandemic. I mean, that's something that's definitely driven me a little bit so i've mainly just been trapped here in in my flat on my own so actually delving more into different sci-fi that i haven't read before and watching new movies it's it's been a good time for that as well as actually having the time to to record this album it would have taken a lot longer if the pandemic wasn't on and i actually had a a social life and and things to be doing um yeah i suppose I, i wouldn't say the pandemic itself kind of featured but definitely it took me down some different paths mentally i think like um as the album went on i found myself getting a lot things got quite dark and very i don't know intense whereas they might have been a bit lighter and um yeah slightly different if if the world had been normal when i was recording it Mm -hmm. yeah well i mean like i was chatting with somebody the other day uh recently that there was like a fun time to the pandemic we didn't know it but in in retrospect mm-hmm. there was a point in the pandemic early on where it was like it was like camping out you know and like we were yeah. gonna, we were going to band together like humans humanity and we were going to save each other and we were going to do the right thing for two weeks and yeah then somehow it turned into toilet paper shortages and then it turned it that was kind of fun still actually i would take yeah. the toilet paper shortage to be perfectly honest over what's going on now but it just it took such a freaking turn that it doesn't, yeah. doesn't surprise me that things got a little dark. So how did it get dark? What happened? Mm. I mean, I know you mentioned that the story doesn't have a movie yet. 
It's a, yeah. sound, a soundtrack without a movie. But take us through mm. what's the arc in this in this soundtrack? Is there an arc? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, initially, I, I I kind of came up with like a very generic kind of playing field. So, I mean, I was thinking about a guy that travels to a, a distant planet in the future because that gives you lots of possibilities and kind of kind of each of the each of the songs is about him arriving so like dawn of chirality it starts kind of like dawn on a new planet and then it goes into um a couple of songs it's about him arriving in a city and then escaping the city and going into the desert and then sort of finding some alien technology and like things starting to get a bit weird so like around the the middle songs it starts going a bit a bit more crazy sci-fi and then i i wouldn't say that i had like an exact image of uh, how it was all going to end but i mean it was it was um things were sort of growing in in scale from like like little ideas of just someone wandering around and doing stuff to sort of yeah sort of u- universal planetary sized things so like with um uh, the the abyssal fleet like that that song it's very much like a it's almost like a star wars type affair where it's got it's got a lot of uh, brass and like horns and like big drums and stuff like that so it's sort of growing in in the size of all of the music and also i was kind of thinking in like terms of sort of the the desperation of the main character so like um which i think was possibly me during the lockdown i, th- I would definitely say that things <laughs> started to get um yeah, slightly darker, and I became more of a like recluse throughout through no option really. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of translated into the album of thing things getting darker and a lot a lot more intensity in the tracks, a lot a lot more dense music, and not just everything floating around, but really kind of hitting you. So, and I think it definitely built that way towards the end of the album, which sort of was recorded chronologically. So. I think you can hear that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you make it out to a studio, or did you record basically where you're sitting right now? Mm. Um, so I recorded everything here. I did use uh, Tower Studio, which is in the south of France, and they they uh, reamped some of the guitar tracks and the bass tracks, and they did the the mixing and the mastering. But um, yeah, literally in terms of recording, uh, did it all here. So I've got a I've got a guitar, bass two keyboards over here. I've got an electronic drum kit. Um, but yeah, it can be done. I li- literally have recorded a, an album in my living room and then just, um, yeah, spoke to the the studio remotely and they, they did little bits, little bits and pieces, but um, all, all just done remotely. So yeah, pandemic didn't actually affect things too much in, in that respect. So it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 I think if this pandemic had happened 20 years ago, I think the music industry mm. would have been hit harder. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a, a lot of um, the the stuff that I've been doing has been on. I mean, what everything I've been doing is online distribution because I don't have a like a physical presence myself yet. I've got I've got physical merch, but I don't have um, you know gigs or anything that I play. So it's only possible through the internet, which is kind of what made me do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a cool time to be a musician, even though. You know, things are changing and like people complain about the music industry, but there are definitely, um, you know, alternatives that you can do. You just got to adapt to it, which I think is kind of what people are doing at the moment. Yeah. Well, I always complain about the music industry. Mm. It's great because you get to work with musicians, but it's awful because you get to work with musicians. 
Yeah, I can get that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You mentioned you've been watching some new sci-fi movies. So for all the sci-fi heads out there, <clears throat> what have you been watching? What's, what sparks your fancy? I'll be honest. I don't really, I don't watch sci-fi stuff like my dad did. So I was exposed to Star Trek more so than Star Wars. And I know mm. that there is a thing between those two. And Teen Titans Go recently did an episode where they explained it that Star Trek, I guess to them, is really boring and Star Wars is really exciting. So that's kind of how they, mm. they had uh, divvied it up. But I guess without going into Star Trek versus Star Wars, what have you been watching and what kind of sci-fi movies are you into? Mm. Well, I guess I I grew up on definitely Star Wars and a lot of the uh, sort of sci-fi TV shows as well. So like uh, Doctor Who and stuff like that, obviously being from Britain, it's quite a, quite a large thing and um, everyone kind of knows everyone from the show. Um, and then I guess in terms of also books, I've read things like Peter F. Hamilton, um, has been a while now. I have to, have to dig out some names, but, um, I guess also movies like John Carpenter and the, the sort of big, big Hollywood names, uh, John Carpenter's big inspiration because he's also done the soundtracks as well. So a lot of his, um, his movies, he, he's, he's done his own soundtracks, which, which I've then, sort of stolen the imagery and the music from to, to make my own. Um, so that's a good one. Um, I suppose recently I've been watching The Expanse as well on one of the online streaming platforms, um, which is pretty cool. It's pretty like hard sci-fi, like trying to make things realistic. Like if uh, if something shoots you when you're in a spaceship in space, it doesn't explode. Like people get sucked out through the holes and things like that. Um, that would make sense. Yeah, just... Yeah, and also um, quite big into gaming as well. So, uh, yeah, things like uh, No Man's Sky, which is just really big kind of sandbox game where you can build stuff. And I say that I just, I, I draw from everything, really. It, it doesn't have to be a particular movie or, like, music or something. It's because it all kind of puts images in your head. I can, I can grab them from different places and sort of mix them up. So Those images, there's always baby. something new. Yeah. <laughs> Tricky question. Does it bother mm. you? Like if you, if there was a scene in a spaceship went by and they had a fire and it exploded instead of imploded, does mm. that does that bother you? Because it doesn't bother me. I could care less because I know it's a movie and it's not real anyway. Yeah. And I actually kind of uh, maybe prefer the explosion because, mm. I, you know, it's a movie. You got to, I don't know, it looks maybe a little bit better. Explosions are cool. But yeah. Does that bother you? I know it bothers some people. Well... As long if as when people start believing that things are true, then it gets annoying. But we, you know, when it's a movie, everything's cooler with sound effects and explosions. So yeah. definitely have no problem with that. But um, mm. yeah, for my, myself, I've actually come from a also kind of physics background. So like I I know the technicalities of stuff, but it's just you know art is art. So it's good to it's, it's good to know what can happen and then just twist it around to whatever you want to do really so yeah it doesn't really annoy me <laughs> okay cool there may also be budget constraints in trying to construct an implosion as far as instead of an explosion maybe i don't know mm. yeah complications yeah <laughs> serious complications speaking of complications you have a track called labyrinth mm. that sounds like a complication definitely uh where to start? I mean, it's pro probably the most complicated uh, song on the album. So because it was one of the last that I recorded, ended up having 
I'd say about 60 tracks that I sent away when I actually had them Whoa. being mixed. So, <laughs> um, and many different sections. So like some, th- there was about 60 tracks, but some of it might only be for like five seconds or 10 seconds. So there might be a section that's got like lots of different synthesizers, or there might be a section that's got like pretty much an entire orchestra. So like the strings and the horns and all of the drums. Um, and I think that, I, I just as I got into recording, really, it's like um, all of the songs took about the same amount of time to record. They just, as I got better at stuff, I just added more and more complexity to it. But mm. I would say that that one is pro- probably my favorite in terms of like it actually flows very smoothly and like it, it, it's sort of like a whole movie in itself. Like it's got a lot of sections that that kind of fit in they don't they don't seem to jump around as much as may, maybe some of my my earlier songs did okay um, did you have any feelings where you got to the end and you're like man i'm really good at this maybe i should go back and do it all over again but then you just end up in an endless cycle of kaizen where you just you get better and then you're like oh i should do it again mm. but then you secretly get better and then you oh i should do it again but then you secretly get better did that happen <laughs> i would say um in in a given song that would happen, but by the time that I'd finished a song and like put it to one side, I'd kind of had enough of it. Like the last thing that I wanted to do was go back and open up that beast again. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it, it definitely can happen, but I think also I don't really stop working until things don't annoy me anymore. So usually when I, when I park a song, I'm content with it. Yeah. So I won't. Uh, I mean, the other thing is I, I don't really have any deadlines because you know I'm I'm independent. I don't have a record company saying like we need it by this date. So I, I have the freedom to to um, decide when it's finished. But um, yeah, I tend to not be able to put things aside and, until they are at a certain level. Mm-hmm. So that kind of that that kind of avoids that. But it is it's sort of perfectionism in a, in a, in a way. Um, and I try and record a song in like a block of time. So I'm not, I'm not doing a song that I've started, you know, six months ago that I'm then going back to, I try and get one song done at a time, which kind of also helps that I would say. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if it's perfectionism, maybe excellence, because perfectionism, you'd still be working on the album. You'd be like, and you wouldn't want to hand it off to other people to, Re, re uh, amp and mix and master because you just has to be done right. So you would want to do it all yourself. Mm. So, yeah, striving for excellence. And I just imagine you in like a very posh, pompous sort of way, just being like, you don't annoy me anymore. And then it just you move on to the next one. That's, that's it. Yeah. I've got, I've got my little, uh, I've got a hammer that I slam down. It's like, you're done. Yeah. Move over. Boom. Official <laughs> government stamp. Done. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned not being on a label. Is that something you're looking for? Is that something that you're open mm. to? chatting with labels about maybe not for this release but for future releases etc etc because you could have shopped Um, this around right yeah i mean i mean to be honest i've i I kind of got into this by um using well being being part of a um sort of online community that's the uh savvy musician academy which is very much about how to empower people to be independent um and not require a label because with the the sort of state of some of the the music industry, a lot a lot of people are they're kind of forced into it because you need the capital up front in order to be able to record stuff and the publicity, but then they don't have a say in how they go about things. So I 
I'm I'm not sure I'm looking for a label. I'd certainly consider it if if, if people um, made me an offer. But um, my intention is basically to release things myself through through the internet and doing um, my own my own PR mainly. But I have also worked with PR companies. I mean, I, I see the value in in those guys. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that if uh, if if a company came up to me, I'd I'd have to say, well, do you actually tick all the boxes that I need? Or um, is it is it going to be more constraining than if I if I just did it myself? So mm-hmm. it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one these days. I think it used to be a lot more straightforward. You needed that record label to get you out there. But like I was saying, with the the internet as it is, I can I can sort of send things to people directly. I can I can get to them on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. And it's a lot more easy to sort of directly get your your music in front of people if you can find them yeah that is true if you can find them alien love song which is actually steve vi which is a different artist but i just i thought of that right now i do love steve vi so that's always welcome (laughs) (laughs) beautiful yeah well you found c squared so shout out really quickly to curtis and holly over at c squared who oh yeah yeah those guys did an amazing job um and also having never released anything myself, um, just being able to go through that process with them was just uh, just really fun as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, got some got some great coverage. So yeah. can't praise them enough. Exactly. Sweet. Okay, well, I know some record labels that don't like to play the We Own Everything game. Mm. Obviously, they invest less because there's certain things like, who they do, whoever pays for the recording, for example, owns owns the recordings. That's just how the law works, right? So, um, for yourself, a lot of labels are starting to get significantly more flexible, modern. They understand that the model has changed. That you can record yourself in your bedroom, find your own mix engineer, and even find your own PR company and book mm. your own interviews and everything. So, what I'll do. If you're, because you sound, you sounded like you're interested to chat about potentially where some gaps might be filled, where you're ever having gaps mm. and whatnot. Um, I'll get you in touch with a label that I like. Oh, have, cool. Yeah, mm. have a chat, and if you like them, then great. And if you don't, then you're already on your path. So it doesn't really. I don't think it. Yeah, that 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 would be awesome. I mean, I mean, uh, yeah. As I say, like I. Um, I'm I'm really pleased with what I've created so far, but I am totally new to the industry. So ev- every everything that I can uh, I can I can check out and make decisions about. I'm always happy to look at things. Mm-hmm. Exactamente. Groovy baby. So we chatted about alien sound, sci-fi movies, the fun part of the pandemic when we didn't have any toilet paper, but we had everything else, and there were these giant gaps on shore stel- shore store shelves where you could use any other number of paper products, but toilet paper specifically was just hard to find. Uh, we talked about yep. Star Trek versus Star Wars, alien love songs, labyrinths. All of the links for today are in today's show notes. So if you are still listening in, which is statistically impossible, but if you are, <laughs> then thank you. Epochofchirality.com will be available in the show notes down below, as well as links to Labyrinth and Pyramid Cyber God. And you can go ahead and check out everything that Rich is working on right now. So, Rich, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Yeah, thanks so much. It's been, it's been a real blast. And it's uh, it's great to be able to actually communicate with people outside of my flat again. So, <laughs> especially across the pond. So, yeah. Yeah.